WCT after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. Fula. that intro yeah yeah that's when well, you know what it is this is drake isn't it yes it's drizzy laugh now cry later with little dirt <laughs> you can play that at the bedford games uh frank yeah that is provided that we actually have a season you bought well i don't know about michigan your your governor loves to put the clamps on everything you know at least here, we've gotten some games in. At least, uh, uh, actually, St. Ursula won. We won our first game of the season, and then we got shut down. But we won 58-52 over uh, Whitmer in overtime. It was, a, it, was, it was a great game, actually. They, they battled hard. Whitmer's a young team, and I, I like the moxie that they have for their, for their young players because we're, we're senior-oriented, and uh, we were picked to be second in our league. So, um a good, good way, a good test, though, a good test. I think we're in one of the toughest leagues, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later, about the track and uh, some of your thoughts and some of the things we were talking about off off air. Not everything off air, but you know, yeah. some, some, some of the stuff like that. So it sounds like David ended up, uh-oh. Did we lose him? Yeah, we lost him. Oh, crap. Dave, we lost David. We're about to go into his segment of winners and losers. And, oh, we can't. I mean, I I could take a guess at who some of his uh, losers might be. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I wonder what that is too. So we'll wait for David to call. That's a first. I wonder if he. I wonder if he's driving. That's what. Uh, that's he, what makes me wonder. He said he had something to do at one thirty, but no, it's only twelve twenty-five. Yeah, that's so. it. So, well, with that being said, how about if he doesn't? I'm trying to see if he calls it. All right. David, um, we're going to get in this segment. Something that Jordan Strack had said. Go with that. We'll wait for yeah. David to call in. Go. So, I'm going to have to pull up uh, the tweet. Yeah. Yeah, I got this notification on the, the, other, on the uh, other Twitter account that I manage. Oh, you got two Twitter accounts. Okay. Well, the it's in the uh, Bedford... Uh, basketball account okay okay yeah so i mean i get a lot of his tweets so here's what frank Vashon, the social media influencer <laughs> okay so this is what strack said uh two days ago around four o'clock in the afternoon said quote i've had multiple people tell me there's a major divide right now in the three rivers athletic conference or as most of you around this area know it as the track Mm-hmm. Some schools choose are choosing to play while others can't is a huge point of contention. He says, I've had a few people tell me they think this will cause the league to break up. Now, here's who's on the track. St. John, St. Francis, Central Catholic, Notre Dame Academy, St. Ursula, Whitmer, Clay, Finley, Fremont, Ross, and Lima Senior. There's eight teams. Okay, well, 
Hold on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. There's there's eight teams, the two girls' schools oh. and the two all-boys' schools. So yeah. there's oh, eight yeah. teams. For boys and girls, there's eight Cause, teams. Because uh, St. Saint, Saint Ursula, they're in, are they the, uh, I'm trying to think, of their affiliate on the boys' side would be? It could be no, it could be St. John or St. Francis. Yeah. There's not really in Toledo. Oh, so it's not like a. No, it's not like you're, you're exactly a sister school to the boys' school. No, in Toledo, okay. they could go either way. But St. John's and St. Francis are the equivalent of Notre Dame and St. Ursula in the track, basically. Oh, okay. Two, oh, the two single-sex Catholic schools, and then Central Catholic is the co-ed Catholic school. Yeah. Okay, keep going. So they've had some very contentious calls. Now, of course, I sent the, I shared this with a couple of people, also you, obviously, since you're involved with St. Ursula. I was like, do you know anything? I asked if you had known anything about this, if there's any legs to it, or if this is just uh, more sizzle than steak. Mm. The first part, yes, but everyone everyone knows that there's different views on how this pandemic is going. And yes, there are got people that are saying, you know, go with the order. There's some people are saying that they want to do their own thing. Obviously, St. John's put out an email and he got, you know, Jordan posted it on his Twitter. And it was also in the Blade that um, article that, you know, St. John's was planning to go do their road games. And actually, I pulled up that article and they wanted, decided to practice on an an off-campus site at tamo but a lot of schools in different leagues are doing that and you also understand too in in the track there's three teams that aren't in lucas county yeah fremont (laughs) finley fremont ross and and lima senior and the same thing can be said in the nll you know there's there's two teams that are not in lucas county that yeah bowling green and no three teams there's perrysburg bowling Bowling Green. green and napoleon yeah yeah because uh because my my friend Nate is a teacher at Bowling Green. He also coaches there. Oh, really? Yeah. Boys? Uh, girls. Girls? He's at the girls with Bowling Green with Alexis Rogers? Uh, yeah, that's the head coach at Bowling Green. Okay. Yeah, Alexis Rogers. She, former Bowling Green standout. Yeah, I thought I recognized that name. Yeah, we went to Duke first. She's from Lakota West, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah, anyway. Um, but but for the track to break up, I I, I think Jordan is – so well, this is he's putting a little extra seasoning on it. There's more, so there's more sizzle than steak. Yeah, it's a little more sizzle than steak. He is right that the schools there they are. There's difference of opinion, but, but obviously that's already out cats out the bag because St. John's wants to keep going while other schools are, are on the fence about it. They want to go. The the one thing is the most important thing is they want to keep the kids safe. Most important thing. And you can't really be going over the health department. But then again, you got a guy like Jeremy McDonald that sent sent an email out to the health department. It's on his Twitter. You can look it up as well. I think I saw this. Right, where, you know, they're following the protocols. And we have been. It's been strict protocols for us, and we don't want to lose games. And it's unfortunate that the numbers are going up. Um, But at the same time, though, you got to be careful taking things away from people. And, And, you know, I think the kids, my personal opinion, and this is me and this is nothing to reflect on St. Ursula, is that um, the kids are probably safer with us than just being out there going out and doing whatever because the protocols are strict. Things are being wiped down. Social distancing rules are in place. They are wearing masks. If you've watched the games on your local uh, TV network as far as BCSN, or if you've watched the games also on your live streams, you will see that a lot of schools, even though you might not think they would have room, have pushed back their bleachers 
the first row of bleachers, actually, and have set up chairs just like in the NBA bubble uh, where you're six feet apart and fans, you know, are six feet apart as well. So and not to mention, I also think with this virus, with them being kids and two, I've noticed when you're actively I would say working out or you have a healthy immune system. And I think that's one thing you need to do to fight a virus. I'm not saying I'm a doctor or anything, but it helps when you work out and you're actively fit. You have a stronger immune system that's to be able to fight off this virus that they have. And I I just think that it's it's not making that much of an impact like it is. Now, does it suck that this happened? Yeah, you kind of got the rug pulled up under you because some teams like me, us, we only got one game in, but there's some teams have gotten four or five games in already because, you know, they haven't been affected by certain con- cancellations and the Toledo public schools can't play till January 11th. But to say that it'll break up the track, mm, yeah, I, I, I think I that's stretching really it. Now, that. I will say this. There are some teams that don't really want to be in the track. And, and, and there's a lot of reasons why. It's because they, they don't have the opportunity to win a league title. And and some for some teams, you just got to face the reality that if you get third or second place in the league, that's great for you. I mean, it's just in some sports, you just, I mean, think about it. Central Catholic's got a stronghold on football. Yeah, because they're a football factory. Right. And everyone else is pretty pretty much playing for second. Well, there, there's some schools that don't like that. You know, schools like Fremont. Let's be honest. Fremont, I've, I've heard rumors, and this has been going on for the last couple of years. Out where they're at, they're the big school. So a lot of teams, they don't want them in their league. They're, now, there's some, some some good talent out there where Fremont is. They're in Sandusky County, I believe. Like Clyde. Clyde has a good football program and everything like that. But some people feel that Fremont Ross being the bigger school, it's not going to be fair with the numbers. Now, I do know that they wanted to get into the SBC, the Sandusky Bay Conference, that has three different divisions, a big one, a middle league, and a small league. Um, I think it's the – I forget what the name of the three conferences are. But – I've talked to I know a guy that coaches over there and they were like, well, hey, how about, you know, we talk, you know, preliminary talks and maybe trying to join your league. And they've pretty much told him we're too big. You're not joining us. But the thing about it is, is that Fremont, let's be honest, they're 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 never really going to have an opportunity to win a track title. They're always going to be to the middle, to the bottom of the pack. And in some schools, that's kind of depressing. You know, it's like, well, our kids work really hard and. You know, it's just that there's going to be a couple teams that are going to clip us or look at Clay. There's been for years people have said that Clay has wanted to get into the NLL. They they want to get in the NLL. They think it's, you know, they play a lot of NLL teams for non-conference. It's, it's very competitive for them, whereas in the track, year in and year out in football and basketball, baseball, usually they're pretty good. Wrestling, they're really good. But usually with the, the major sports, it's a it's a struggle for them, and you know same thing with stuff on the girls' side. There's just it's just a struggle. It's it's a tough league. It it just is one of the best leagues, almost all around in all sports in Northwest Ohio. So for them, they would probably want to leave. Some people have mentioned Finley as one of the join the NLL because for Finley, especially in football and basketball, you're probably going to get second place. So that that's how it is. Now I've never heard any rumblings with Lima. Lima's kind of enigma where they're once again they're in an area 
where they're the bigger school, they're Division One. Most of the schools that are surrounding them are usually D3, D4 in basketball, which D3, D4 is the lowest levels. And then in football, a lot of the other schools are D5, D6, D7. So there's not much you can do. And Lima likes it. It's steady. I mean, in years past, they were in like the greater Cincinnati League. I think it was the GCL. Whoa. Yeah, and they had the travel, I believe, two hours Two and a half hour, no, an hour and a half, because it's about three hours from here to get to Cincy. They had to drive an hour and a half to the league, and they didn't mind it because <laughs> they have to drive there really much. Lima's in the middle between us and Cincy, and they and usually it's an hour and a half drive from here to Lima. So Lima would drive down there. They didn't mind it, you know. You got to mind. They got a whole bunch of games down there. The reason why they were kicked out of the league is because the Cincinnati teams didn't want to drive up to Lima, and they only had to drive up once for basketball. Lima was driving down there all the time. They said, no, nah, we can't have you in this league anymore. So, well, I mean, I can understand, especially if you're doing it on a school night. Yes, exactly. It, but, but either way, Lima's, it's, Lima's stuck. They're just stuck. They're in an area where the closest team, another big school, is Finley, which is a half hour, which they're kind of somewhat rivals. And I believe then Fremont is another 20 minutes or so away from Finley. So another 50 minutes. They're, either way, where Lima's at, they can't do anything. And the schools out there... You know, Lima Perry's not going to play them. Elida doesn't want to really play them. Um, you you got some schools down there that can play some ball, especially football and basketball, but they're in the smaller conference, like Ottawa Glandor. Really good, 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 good in uh, basketball and a little good in football. But it's a lot of the schools see it as, you know, Lima seeing you're the bigger school, we don't want to play you. I mean, even though they got Lima Shawnee down there, Lima Central Catholic has been good. In sports, they, they just can't come up with the league. And, and it's unfortunate. And one thing I've learned about high school sports, and it's kind of sad, it's a lot of, there's a lot of adults with egos. Uh, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> there's a lot of adults with egos, and they can't come up with anything, and things aren't fair, and it's got to be public versus private. And it's yeah. just like, oh, just go out I can't there. tell you how many times I heard the whole, oh, the private schools should have their own. Shut up. I mean, you, you were, I believe you were the one that told me, says, uh, the private schools don't win all the time. It all depends on how well their programs are supported. Yeah. Because there, there's some private schools that are straight, straight, just straight trash. And there's yeah. some public schools that have great community. Look at Whitmer. I mean, Whitmer had a down year this year. But, but in football, Whitmer was a machine. You know, it, it just depends who comes in. It's, it's the same thing that we just talked about with the Lions and Matt Patricia. If you come in there and you bring somebody in there that's really all about the community and knows how to talk to people, you can really build up your program. But I've seen it on the opposite end where there's some coaches that don't want to get into the youth sports program. They're all you bringing in these yahoos. And a lot of times and not, I've noticed this, too, when you get, get a person that is egotistical, all about themselves, and just doesn't have social awareness. That's usually what they're hiring. That's usually what you're surrounding yourself with. I've known where um, it was a place I coached at previously where they're in their junior high program, they only wanted to get six kids on the team, each program. We'll cut the rest of the kids, and it's like, remember, the youth program is development. You want as many kids in there. You want the stockpile of kids because eventually in high school you'll 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 trim the fat 
but you want kids to be interested in your program. If you're only putting six kids in there and you're like, well, these are the kids are going to compete, you know, you can't tell me like there's some youth coaches out there that'll tell the varsity coach, well, I know what your varsity team will be. There's no way you're going to tell me what my varsity team will be with a sixth grader team. You, you, yeah. you have no idea. You have no idea. Johnny right now in sixth grade could be 5'11 and then stop growing and be 5'11 as a senior. And you got him down there in the post. And then by the time he gets to varsity basketball, he's not a post player anymore. So I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> but there are a lot of coaches that hire knuckleheads like that, which destroys programs. So a lot of times I don't think, you know, it's actually a little harder for private schools. Because think about it. In high school. A lot of times, a lot of private schools don't have a junior high system that funnels into their school. So you're getting a whole bunch of kids from here and there and everywhere that have been taught different ways on how to play a sport, whether it's football, basketball, baseball. And maybe you have a certain way or certain fundamentals that you focus on. I, I wouldn't say a certain way to play, but there's a little bit more of an advantage when you get, go to a school, possibly like a Bedford where you can get into the youth program and say, you know what, these are the certain, especially if you know what you're doing, these are the certain fundamentals that I want these kids to focus on. I don't really care about the plays, but the, fund- the basic fundamentals that I want the kids to know by the time they get here, because you're going to have different type of talent coming in the, that building every three to four years. I can plays and I can figure that out. X and O, that's the easy part. But just building the culture and the certain basic foundations of fundamentals that I want the kids to know it's going to be easier for a public school because I can get you in fifth grade and just bring you up the ranks. And if you build up that program, a lot of kids want to play for you, especially if you have kids coming in on Friday night. They're going to be proud to play for you. You know, you got probably junior mules. That's how you keep the kids at a Catholic school. Yeah, I could probably pluck a few of your better players. But really, why are the kids leaving the school? You got to ask yourself that. You gotta ask yourself that question. Why are the if you build enough of a strong program at a public school, a lot of times they're not. You're not losing your best players. Now there's some kids, families that say, "Hey, educational standpoint, and you know, blah blah blah." Maybe a parent went to a Catholic school and they want to go there. That's fine. That's just the way of life. You're gonna lose a couple kids to a Catholic school, but the school I used to coach at, they used to lose kids in droves. Just the kids just didn't want to come. So now now you're stuck with the kids that, for one, you ignored and didn't want to develop. And then now that's setting up bad teams with bad cultures. And not to mention, you don't want to invest in the kids. So now the kids don't want to play. Yeah. Or in some extreme cases, you'll get somebody who who will try, their parents will want them to go elsewhere because they think that, oh, my son is so good. Uh, and you're underutilizing them and we're taking them elsewhere when in reality it's just more hey it's just more of the parents just blowing smoke mm-hmm. yeah I've, I've seen i have personally seen that happen i'm not gonna name drop anybody but it's there have been cases i've seen where you have parents who think like oh my son is so good how come he's not getting the ball this much time like I'm, I'm going to take him to a different – I'm going to have him go to school up at uh, – somewhere up around Southfield. Good. And and, uh, and I'm like, okay. Well, if you want to do that, I'm not going to block the door and stop you. But uh, understand, up there the town's a lot different than what's down here. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, oh, we're going to – or there – we may have uh, – 
there may have been may or may not have been conversations with other coaches from from private school from private schools will say nope i don't want them mm-hmm. yeah they th- they think that they're they think that their son their son is a division 1 athlete and is so good when in reality they're not well i tell people this all the time if you got kids that are threatening to go certain places, that's the kid you don't want in your program. I'll be honest with you. I, you ain't threatening. Go and leave. You want guys. You want people that want to be there, especially if you're a coach that really invests in players and you know what you're doing. And, and, and I feel bad for some coaches because they feel so hostage by some of these parents that want to make these power moves. Like, yeah, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to leave. Okay. Because you want the kids that want to be there. You want the kids that want to really – have pride on putting that jersey on Friday night. And that could be football or basketball or whatever sport you have, baseball. Every night or every day, they have pride to come to practice. They have pride to to play in front of the crowd. And, and as I think that's one thing that I think people overlook with private schools is that sometimes there's some private schools that are at the mercy of of some of those parents. And, and that's a tough decision to make for a coach because think about it a lot of private schools have standards they want to have excellence so what do you got to do to have excellence and kind of like with the lions you know there's only certain like you said nine and seven is not acceptable you know well now there's some years because let's face it every school has a down year public or private you know there's certain things that schools want you know, certain coaches know, man, if I don't have this certain player, we might go from winning 18 games to possibly only winning 14 or 15. At certain schools, that's not acceptable. If you don't get to the at least to the district final, that season's unsuccessful. And, and that that's a lot of stress that a coach has to deal with. And I feel bad for some of those coaches that have to deal with because there are some parents out there that are delusional. Straight delusional, and it's like it. it, And and I've seen it to the point where, and you got to be careful too with some of these parents because they walk around and they try to get another parent's head, and then sometimes you can get a mutiny on your team, and it's not fun. I've seen it; it's not fun sometimes to coach teams like that. (laughs) Or they may try and get into staff members' heads too. I've had these parents try and tell me this too, and I'm just like, uh huh, yeah. And I just pretend. I just basically pretend like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm not gonna put. I'm not gonna put any stock into it. Yeah, you, you basically, all. yeah. And David's called back, and we had actually a good segment here for twenty something minutes. Yeah, th- those parents, I don't get combative with. Um, sometimes I, I, I tell people I, I I try to stay away from those. Parents. Now I'm really kind. I, I believe I have a, a good instinct on reading people, so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I sometimes if I see a parent that could be a kind of a troublesome parent, I kind of stay stay away from them just a, just a little bit because you know it's just you, you can't have that. David, you're back on the phone. David, yep, I'm here. Okay. Yep. Okay, yeah, I was here trying to hear you. What happened? Uh, work life calls twenty four seven. Had to take a call real quick. Oh, you could, you could have told us that before, right before your segment came on, <laughs> man. No, I, I I was ready, and then like as soon as it. 
Right. As soon as the segment came on, you just hung up. Yeah. Okay. We got it, David. So that was good, though. We kind of turned turned our segment. It was actually a good segment with me and uh, Frank Vasher. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we return, David, you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. So when we return, we'll have David the Man of God here. It says winners and losers, basically. Because uh, he, he can only stay till 1.30, which we're going to get out of here anyway, but before 1.30. But uh, we'll, we'll have David the Man of God here. It says winners and losers. And you said, what'd you have uh, a tease for us? Some unexpected winners. Some very familiar. Whoa, 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 winners. Dave. Are you on? No, you can't do this segment on speakerphone, bro. We can't even no, hear I'm you. Not. Oh, okay. It was sound like you was on in a box. Nope. Okay. What you got for us? There's some unexpected winners. Some mm-hmm. very familiar losers. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. Eh, I guess we we'll, we could talk about that game that happened in Ann Arbor, but. Yeah, I think we. Yeah, we've we've got to since uh, you're the Penn State fan. He said familiar losers. This will be very interesting. Oh, hmm. We'll have that and more here on eighty-eight point three WGTS. After for the room, make sure you always check us out. SoundCloud, iTunes, picture of Frank Basher on the horse's head. When we return, it'll be a delicious winners and losers from David the Man and God Harris for college and pro football. We'll be back after this.